0: Dog hair on her dress was all I remember about her. I'm sure she thought even less of me.
1: An artist, a designer. I drew her figures on notebook paper on the car ride home, in and out of tunnels, streets I never knew I missed.
0: I've sewn a suit from the shirts off the backs of strangers.
1: She greets me in the entryway, my reflection in the mirror at the end of the hall becoming hers.
0: The opportunity cost of stability is only matched by the luxury of comfort.
1: What if you could share the deepest corners of your mind without revealing your identity? Would you be more honest? More reflective? If you could offer a piece of yourself, arms outstretched and faceless, what would you say? Would you share a memory that formed you? Or the thoughts that keep you lying awake at night? after the world has been put away. And who would it touch? Who would hear it with the familiar resonance of a stranger speaking your name?
0: Project Anonymity is a platform for sharing these internal workings, pieces and fragments of each other in the form of stories and essays. Work can be submitted on an anonymous platform and will be read by the hosts. There won't be discussion, judgment, or questioning, just the solace of relatability the beauty of releasing some portion of oneself, and a settling of the score for the next round of growing.
1: Under the guise of anonymity, truths once held back by the dam of expectations spill forth, painting the walls without preconceived perceptions, demanding acknowledgement from every witness. The words allow for both an individual and universal chorus at once, rising above our heads, solid, steady, not alone, before John. I found you yesterday, all tucked away in earth and ghosts and fallen leaves and roots. I found you as I walked uphill, my chest heaving, I have been prisoner to hazy hours. They blend in a soft quilt. Easily torn by the layers around you, the jagged cliff, the piercing stones surrounding, they threaten every shift. And tear it did hard, fast, and easy, like it's always been known to do. I felt the months, the years even, ripped away with the easiness of a confirmation, of an acknowledgement. All these years I fought to avoid my ghosts, like unsettled scores from another life. I fought, and for a while I believed I won. Shadows covering the layers of years gone by, edges too sharp for what I wanted my life to entail. But like all shadows do, they wax and wane. They grow deeper into a drunken reverie, a lazy morning, a shallow pool. The sun inevitably shifts, those layers exposed and... I write out the storm of realization one minute at a time. I am living minute to minute these days. Layers of my truth exposed, I am burning in the sun. In the haze of heat waves, I reflect upon how I knew you up until today. I recall the framed piece in the stairwell of classrooms converted from a church, grown on to be much larger, powerful, abiding. I walked down those stairways in continuous acts of penance, 11 years old, and wishing you loved me. That picture, I would always remember. You sat with your arm around some faceless child, all love and acceptance. I would force and wedge myself into that picture, a square or into a circle, trying to believe it, until I could feel your gaze. When I passed that picture, my throbbing paused only for a few fleeting seconds. Was I enough? But that reassurance was always fleeting, replaced by the disease that had taken over my psyche. Oh, Catholic stone pillar of my youth, endless incantation, idol shrine not to be felt or touched. Your stone, polished and cold, I regard you with fear, the blind and desperate hymnal of my childhood, scraped knees on pews. I studied your crucifix with respectful horror, a conviction to repay your sacrifice. I will clean up my toys. I will sit next to the disabled boy on the bus. I will obey my father after he smashes a jar of spaghetti sauce on the wall in a fit of anger. I will smile in every picture. Every thought will be pure and if it is not, it will surely be corrected. The sauce strips down the wall. It remained there for a day it's staying a reminder of the hell we all lived and smiled for. Picture after well-manicured picture. I knew my place. I searched for you on the car ride home from a trip with my grandparents, 12 years old, confessions filling the car propelled by the heat from the dashboard too high. I couldn't breathe. I searched for you as I watched my mother's white knuckles grip the steering wheel, her eyes checking the digital clock. One minute closer to being away from this situation and away from me. I am undeserving, bleached to her purity. I am sin. I search for you as my mother bags the AFI CDs and Cosmo Girl magazines I surrendered so willingly. I search for you in the shame I see in her eyes. I want so badly to go to heaven. I want to sit with you on that log in the picture, your arm around me. If you can really do anything, fix me, my God. Please let me in. We never spoke a word of that car ride again. I search for you when I am called down to the basement office, the environment my 13-year-old self fears most. A diagnosis too bright on the computer screen in harsh comparison with the dimmed lights. I search an office room after office room Earning the copay and trying to make myself believe this was easier than I was making it. A cry for attention. Teenage hormones. I tried, I searched, I swallowed the pills. My brain was on fire, a magnifying glass hovering over my blistered earth, ants aflame. My God, I am sorry for my sins with all my heart. Each atrocity approached with devotion. I will relive the errors of my ways until I feel the pain I cast upon you, each memory burning deeper into my flesh, my ungodly flesh. In choosing to do wrong and failing to do good, I have sinned against you, whom I should love above all things. Each glance, each impure thought, I consciously did in contradiction to your will. I have blinked in the family photo, ruined it all. Castaway, evildoer, I succumb to rituals to punish myself, scraping away the scabs of my ruin. I firmly intend, with your help, to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. I will find my way back to your path, O Lord. I will try harder to please you, wear your crucifix, miraculous medal in my nightstand. I will read the pages of the Bible, but not understand. Close my eyes tight while I recite the rosary, both morning and night. Relieve me of my sins. I will give my all to you. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered and died for us. How could I ever repay you? I visualize Mary holding your face. Mother of God, Mother of Mercy. I try to feel her weep. In his name, my God, have mercy. Your name is etched on the walls of my childhood home, the Sharpie in the basement, dates and measurements running up boards of drywall. Your dust lays beneath the floorboards, intermingled by the settling of time of years tucked away from light and noise. Every night, if I listened, I could hear your name echo softly through the halls. Translucent and discreet, your name is spoken in dreams with a tone I can never quite hear until it was gone. Your interruption introduced so gradually that I am left unable to recall a time before your presence. With proud conviction, I claim that my dreams are of my own belonging, yet my shoulders are raw from the chains of your name's authority. Years have been lost in fear and obsession. I have viewed my life from behind the bars of my jail cell's window. But today, I heard your name and it was not in holy water and confessional boxes. I felt you in the breeze, unspoken unity, and the thread that connects me to the rest of the world. You are the passion in protest, the raw emotion of a riot, the grand orchestrator that can be found in simplicity and embrace, of music, of gardens, newborn babies, and feeling color, feeling alive. My holy tapestry was not made of my life alone, but my interactions with every being, not always perfect but building and growing upon one another, off of one another, in all our flaws and scrapes and blemishes. In pieces, it is not always beautiful. There are tears, runs in the thread line, spaghetti stains from the flaws of humanity itself. But together, it is life and it is beautiful, in some way that is, if I dare to admit it, almost holy.
2: Where did I go? I've forgotten the color of my eyes, and the pen the hand defiles the paper like blasphemy now. I must have been absorbed by a black hole ripped into streamers and swallowed like a star already in darkness. I'm closing into myself like gravity. What went wrong? What awful thoughts have I untouched and hurting? What were the signs? How do I separate fog? I grieve for my former self. Can you pivot while standing still? I would glide along the arc of a half circle if I could find my feet and if I knew it were possible. Or should I be going up? This ladder reaches the top of that stone. I grab its sides. Each step is more of a hurdle than just a flat bar of metal as I land on a new sadness with each rung. Some I can step over. Others I climb through and explode from the center. This climb is getting easier. Who is that? A mirror floats at eye level above the stone that's found my feet. I look at the girl, her eyes blue as death. There is a soul in them. Where did I come from? My name missed me. I didn't know who's been wearing my pajamas or why they smell like sweat and bad dreams. From the top of the stone, I stretch myself wide and finally know that I am alive. Did I find the ladder, or was it given to me?
1: I've sailed on a sea of languid contentedness most of my life. I never questioned the journey, for the waters where the captain I gave charge always carried me where they would. On I sailed, for weeks and months and years on end. And those storms would come. I always had faith my little boat would keep me safe. Then, one night, I was awakened by a powerful rocking, and I could see a mermaid circling my boat and stirring the waters. The moonlight cast on her so that she seemed to glow from within. She was beautiful and lissom, her hair like tendrils of silk, and around her neck hung a strand with a single pearl that grazed her heart. She sang a quiet song, the words I could not understand, and though her voice was lovely, for some reason, it enraged me with unrecognizable longing. Every night thereafter, she came to haunt me. I tried to ignore her, but to no avail. Finally, in my frustration, I screamed at her. Why do you come? And She smiled like a child, swimming slowly up to the starboard side. To give a gift, she replied as she reached around her neck to remove the glimmering pearl. But as soon as it touched my palm, it turned to ash and blew away. Suddenly, a flash filled the sky and thunder clapped, winds howling from every direction. The mermaid looked deep into my eyes. Follow me, she called out. But before I knew it, she was diving down under raging waters never looking back. I cowered down in my boat, praying for the storm to pass. When daylight came, I could see the damage to my boat. I did not trust it the way I once had. All that day and into the night, I searched the horizon for the mermaid, but somehow I knew in my heart I would never see her again. In the weeks that ensued, I grieved the loss of her, raging at her memory angry that she had ever disturbed the peaceful monotony that had now come to craze me. One day, when I could stand it no longer, I climbed up, standing tall on the stern, my eyes closed, breathing in a prayer of courage. The captain grabbed for me, my little boat groaned in disapproval, but then I jumped, slicing through the cool, dark surface. At first, I gasped for air, flailing my body helplessly. But then I remembered the mermaid, my reason for living or dying. I began to swim and I realized it was the first time I had ever moved in my own volition. Somehow it seemed my heart was a compass and it knew exactly the way to go. When I had reached the soft sandy bottom, it was there lying before me. I picked up a single pearl and held it in my hand. The sea of contentedness was a life without mission, the little boat, the family and societal norms that formed me. The captains were all those that I handed power over to because it was much easier that way. The mermaid represents the wondrous possibility of all that was beyond my sheltered realm, and my anger at her, the realization that I could find no true happiness unless I ventured out from the safety to an unknown. My hand could not grasp her pearl because I had to take the journey myself. No one could ever do it for me. The terrifying decision to jump from my little boat was to consider all things with an open heart and mind to allow myself new experiences, ones I had never considered before because it's not what I was taught or handed, maybe even unacceptable by those I loved most. But there on the ocean floor was the pearl. I had found my own truth.
2: I rummaged through the filthy fridge. How low were my standards tonight? I pushed the expired quart of milk back, hoping it hit something hidden that I'd missed. It didn't. I didn't find anything I was looking for. Sometimes it's better that way. I had a habit of getting high and overeating to the point of puking. At least, that's what I'd deduced after morning prayers to the porcelain gods became routine. At night, I'd search the whole house, an insatiable appetite despite nothing tasting good, or even at all. Whatever I'd find, I'd indulge instantly. I didn't know who else would want it, how long it would last, and I definitely didn't want anyone else to see me imbibing. I was such a shameful, gluttonous bastard. I couldn't help myself it take a potent blend of overeating, smoking, and masturbation to turn my brain and body off for the night. The later it got, the lower my standards fell. Surely after surviving another day of keeping bad thoughts at bay, after a lifetime of acting, there was something that could satisfy me tonight. There wasn't, and there never was. Interesting how I operated. A Rube Goldberg machine Seemingly in perpetuity, with no obvious goal or purpose, humanity at its finest. I was a pro at this. No one was better. I could have a day of success, a night of shame, wake up in the morning, and throw up the memories of the 24 hours before. I could proceed with the day fresh, temporary, just today, until tomorrow. Make it through. There's something that will satisfy you. I'd think it at every upsetting instance. An internal mantra reverberating through my body. The white noise of this assurance was at best a comfort, unmatched at worst, a crutch grabbed for too fast. I'd learned to make blank, empty, off, synonymous with content. I was ashamed about that, too. In my years of searching, what I've found is that comfort, that twisted sense of security, that lowering of standards, that today, tonight, tomorrow mindset has hindered me in my quest for happiness. I just wanted to feel okay. I'd given up the hope of feeling anything more. I'd learned to accept only, not attempting to at all progress. I'm hungry and high now, lamenting the lack of snacks in this house. And that's okay. Okay.